welcome to a new episode of the Downsize with Style podcast to help you create a happy home and refine your apartment lifestyle. My name is Bettina Deda and today in this episode you won't hear a lot from me because uh, my co-host Sally Hart just came back from the US where she had the chance to talk to a couple who downsized in the US but they also have an apartment in Sydney. So Sally interviews them and you will hear about um, how they manage to declutter, why it is important for them to keep some sentimental items in external storage, what the key drivers were to move into an apartment and um, what the difference is between their apartment lifestyle in Sydney and New York City. So please um, enjoy this interview today. Okay, hello everybody. Um, it's Sally from Downsize with Style and Clever Closet Company. I'm actually in New York with two of my lovely clients that I've done work for in Sydney. Um, but these, this couple of clients have uh, an apartment in New York as well and have very kindly invited me to their home um, to talk about downsizing. So we have David Watson and Marianne Sutton, and um, I, we're just going to talk freestyle. Um, basically, I did work for their home in Milson's Point or McMahon's Point, McMahon's Point yes. um, which was a fantastic downsizing effort on their part, but they've got a lot more to talk about than just that. So how about I hand over to you, Marianne? I think you'd like to burst forward with some information first. Well, I think, first of all, we really liked living in the city and being able to walk to everything. Uh-huh. Probably, you would say. Yes, I mean, I've, I've always had a dislike for suburbia. I think you look at suburbia as something you need to do with children because, you know, this is not an apartment to raise five children. Yeah. But um, once you don't have children as a responsibility, you don't need all that space. And I'm sure the generation of baby boomers and just before that are well and truly into this, but... So are we, and uh, here we are living in a one-bedroom apartment in the middle of uh, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And it's a very beautiful apartment, I must say, too. And David and Marianne have, uh, Marianne have put on a magnificent cup of tea for me in their beautiful silver-service teapot. So, well, let's maybe step back in time a little bit and talk about where you've come from, because I don't know your journey. I know you're both very interesting people, and you travel the world, and you've had a number of children, and all sorts of things. So um, obviously if we're downsizing, what are we downsizing from and over what sort of time period are we talking about? Well, I would say we last lived in a big house in 2006 and that was a five-bedroom home where we raised our five children. Yeah. And um, we left that with the idea of spending one year sabbatical in Vienna, in Austria, and rented the house for a year and thought we would go back it turned out we really, really enjoyed Vienna, so we stayed there for four years, and excuse me, rented our house. Is that was that was that house in Australia or no? That house was in Massachusetts, okay. here in the states. Yep. And um, then we had different life events. I spent um, six months in West Africa, and then I got a job in Sydney. So um, we finally decided to sell that house in 2010. Is that right, David? Yes, I think it was 2010 we sold it officially. And then we downsized to a, what in America you call a townhouse. Okay. With two bedrooms. 
Yeah. It was very nice because it was located right by the ocean mm -hmm. um, on the Quincy Harbor, which is a town just south of Boston. And then we kept that place while we lived in Sydney, but again rented it while we were away. And then we decided to downsize from that house to this apartment and we're left with a lot of furniture. To no, it just, when we moved from the five to the two and a half, uh, one of the things we did was we rented one, the place we rented, a two-car garage. So what we did was originally we put, um, we s s stuffed all the stuff we couldn't fit into the medium-sized house yep. into the two-car garage. And that place was stuffed to the rafters with yeah. stuff. We eventually managed to weed out and throw out and this is actually sort of a, almost like a staging down. We, yep. we threw out a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't know how many books we must have thrown out. That's very library. sad. I half would say that's one book. of the saddest things is to have to, we didn't throw them away, but give away your books. Um, the only thing we ended up keeping were all the children's books. I just couldn't part with those. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is one of those ones that people, they, they will often say that's very hard to part with mm. is the books. It, it you know, just if you've collected beautiful them, books that yeah. we had collected over a lifetime mm -hmm. and that you just kind of, you know, if they're on the shelf, you go back to them. And, you know, we used to have two rooms that had a whole wall with a library. And it's mm -hmm. just, you're, the flat you're staying in has yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. And it, it just... They're almost like friends, aren't yes, they? Yes, they're almost like friends. And that, yeah. that I would say, is... I don't think either of us are particularly attached to material things, but you're just books my dad had read when he was at university, just things like that. Yeah, they're hard. That when you would open up, you'd go, oh, you could see his notes, yeah. you know, and the, and the margins and those sort of things. Yeah. yeah. So we eventually got down to one, one garage stuffed to the rafters. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, that's where we were when we left there, wasn't it? We had one garage, we had a, a space where we put the car in the garage, at least. And then we had the other side, the other garage completely full of, of storage. And... That was sort of where we were when we went to Sydney. And now we have... Can I just stop you there yeah. and ask then again, because I think that um, a lot of people would struggle with the getting rid of the books. So did you do that? Did you did you find, or, or do you have any advice on that? Like insofar as, would you say it was good to do it over a period of time? Would you discourage people from collecting in the first place because, you know, ultimately they have to part? Or what kind of advice would you give to people that would either... You know, for the future and also for those that have to have to deal with it right now. I, I guess everyone has to sort of figure it out what's going to work for them. Mm. But I would not underestimate how much time it takes to, you know, sift through things. Yeah. And then um, what made it doable was we found a charity that we liked. And um, most, uh, you know, and then you just feel as though, or donating them. In America, you can donate a lot of books to your local public library. Yeah. And a lot of the public libraries will sell them at a benefit for the library. Right. And so we did a combination of, you know, giving them to charities we believed in and giving them to the local public library to yeah. be sold. And that way you don't feel so bad about it. Yeah, you, you know that they're probably going to go to someone who really is going to right. help and, them. Yeah. And, and yeah. to a good cause. And but going forward, I think the problem is not what it used to be because you now can put everything, pretty much everything you want electronically onto your That's true. hard drive. So That's true. It I, does. I think it'll be a problem for a while, though. There's still a lot of oh, people yeah. who like books. I think oh, yes. that, that that's probably going to, I don't know how long oh, that's going to work. An awful lot of people just like the feel of a book. They and, do. And there's and no it's, substitute for it. But yeah. That will change. 
Yeah, and as you said, when someone's written their notes in it, um, yeah, that's that's. And right now we um, so all our stuff is in four crates that are in storage in New Jersey because storing things on Manhattan is just too expensive. Yeah. And um, our daughter is getting married in July. Yes. And her fiance um, asked if we had baby pictures. And all the baby pictures are on our paper. Yeah. And they were in storage. So yeah. we had to drive to New Jersey to get all the albums out and take them out. And we were really lucky because the first crate they opened had the two boxes that said photographs right at the front of the crate. Perfect. And so now we have a, a big box of all the photo albums that I have to figure out what to do with now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are digitizing them, but even yeah. then, oh, that's essentially what we did. That's what I was doing yesterday. Oh, to go back for. right. So yeah. we're giving them, you know, a stick with all the baby pictures, all the best baby pictures that we found. But right, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't think I'll have the heart to be able to throw away the the photo albums. Yeah, there's something beautiful about being able to actually hold the photos. Yeah, I look at them. Right. Yeah, I like. I mean, I actually like it. We have, you know. I mean, it's not exactly organized, but I don't like everything perfectly organized. In my family, we have a box of photos, and um, they're all just in there loose. And, you know, and I remember when we were kids, you could only touch them at the corners and all that sort of thing, and you'd pass them around. Like, it'd be, it would just be such a great way for everyone to get together and laugh. And um, somehow it doesn't seem quite the same when you're not actually holding it and passing it around. Exactly. And someone's got the one over there, and you're like, oh, which one are you looking right. at? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Okay, so you got down to, you know, half a garage um, worth of storage. Um, okay. And was that um, basically stuff that you actually needed or stuff you just couldn't let go of? I think a combination. Um, you, you always have in the back of your mind when you're keeping holding on to things that one day the kids will need it. Yeah. So you've really, I mean, we have, we had a, we have, or still have, a, a very beautiful uh, Rochebois couch and we've got some very nice garden furniture you know clearly there's nowhere we're going to put them for the moment or you know if, we, if, if the kids sometimes decide to that they need some furniture the idea of throwing it out and then having to buy new new stuff seems to be a bit or irreplaceable things we have christmas deck christmas ornaments Every year, each child picked a Christmas ornament, and they would get to choose one a year, and we saved them over, you know, they're 30 now, and so, I mean, you can't throw away your Christmas ornaments. No, you can't. I mean, there's, that, that's, that's all part of the joy. And if we're going to throw away those things, it's so just... Those are the things. It's mostly that. Baby yeah. clothes. Um, you know, their grandmothers are both deceased now. There's sweaters and little sort of jumpsuits that the grandmothers knit when they were, when they were babies. Yeah. Things that, yeah. that, you know, that you can't buy and replace. No. no, they're just too precious. I mean, the only thing about that I find, because I'm the same. I mean, I, I've, I've made things for my kids and, and I wouldn't throw them out. Um, but the only thing I find that's interesting there is I have had clients that have um, done all of that, kept it, and then when their kids are old enough to have them, they're like, Mum, we don't want them. They're old and smelly. And, and their parents realise they've kept these oh, yeah. things. Um, but you're probably not going to know that. I mean, you, no. you, you're really not going to know. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. And, and yeah, I certainly think they're all decisions you have to make. And it's all a matter of, you know, um, when push comes to shove, isn't it? How much space you have, what it's actually costing you, and um, and what you think. So, 
the Roche Bavoir Lounge? Is it um, is that sentimental? Is that why you're keeping it, or was it just a big investment? Or well, it's it's I mean, I think we both like it. Yeah. Particularly the style is particularly nice. It's it's leather, um, but it's quite large. Yeah. And I think it's just very elegant. Uh, it would have been nice to have it here, actually, except you know where we're going to put it. I guess you've got quite a few kids between you, so the chance that one of them is going to want it is, is probably fair. Well, what you said was very true. I mean, you know, they... They, they may not like it. Uh, tastes change. Yeah, and, um, it Their tastes are not the same as ours, so mm. it is difficult. And at the moment, if you look at it just purely in a very, very pecuniary way, it costs us probably more to store our car in Manhattan than it costs to store the rest of the furniture. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it, it, it's relatively cheap to store it. So that, you know, it, 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 it's we've not also become really good friends with the people at the storage. So we first met these people. David found them on the internet. They came and helped us move in Massachusetts. And they met my mother, and our daughter Claire came up to help us. And, you know, when that you move, you spend you know, a 12 or 14 hour day in the house with these people. Yeah. And then we moved again, we moved to New York, and we've since been to the storage three or four times, and then my mother died, and we had to go to storage and bring more stuff into the crates. And so we know all the movers at the storage, we know the guy who runs them, and it's like we're going to visit friends now. Well, you know, that's a really good point, actually, because, I mean, you know, for people that are looking at downsizing, that's a very critical thing, perhaps very important thing is find people that, it, that you're going to deal with that you realize you may have an ongoing relationship with right. them. Right. <laughs> very um, much so. Yeah. And, and yesterday, normally they charge you $300 to open all the crates. And because we were incredibly lucky, you were talking about being lucky, and we found the stuff in five minutes, the guy said, oh, no charge. Yeah. I mean, we do. We have an ongoing relationship with these people that's been going since, well, when? 2012. Yeah. yeah when and, they first came... Uh, we a little bit. We we told them we had a, a two or three bedroom house, so they bought a truck about that size. Yeah. And boy, by the time they finished, that truck was so full, you couldn't have fitted a folded handkerchief. <laughs> it was absolutely full, and they worked. I think three of them worked from. Seven in the morning till about ten o'clock at night. Yeah, it's a big job. They're a small business. They're a family-run business. They're really hardworking. They're lovely, and it's been a very positive, really nice interaction. To you know, and they've been accommodating. They've just been delightful. We had lost the glass shelves to that piece of furniture. Yeah, and you can't actually have those. It's very difficult to have them made just right, and they are. They're just so nice, and it, it, it is kind of funny. They they take it's it's less you they're storing it that they're taking care of our things. Well, I guess it's it's, it's a professional service, and um, it, it is. It's really really interesting because <clears throat> I haven't moved for a long time, but you know it's the difference between someone that you hire is to come move your gear, move you in, and you never see them again, and as opposed to these sort of um, services that you do have an ongoing relationship with because you've got stuff stored there. And I think, you know, that sort of thing certainly exists in Sydney now, more and more so. It's, it's sort of a burgeoning industry. Um, so it's very, very interesting um, how important it is to deal with people. Um, yeah, we had some people in Acton, I think, at one point. We had 
and we didn't like them at all. They were expensive and they were just not as nice. This is a really nice small family business, and the guy who greeted us yesterday said, "Oh, you know, last time you came, you know, it was your it was your mother's funeral. Now it's your daughter's wedding, and we were kind of talking about life. You know, yeah. it's life's major events that." Bring you to so this is a service where they have a um, they have the transport the truck and all that sort of thing. Correct. And they have a storage facility. Exactly. And then do they hire you the cubes um, to store your things in or no? Is it just they like a have unit? big um, they're sort of crates, industrial sized crates okay. that they have stacked up in yeah. big storage. So yeah. in order for you to access them, they have to go there with the pitchfork and and bring them down. Yeah. So they have to plan it on a day when they're not bringing a move in or taking a move out. Yeah. And so you have to, you know, schedule yeah. it with them, and yeah. then they have to be there to help you. Yep. Because I know there's a few new uh, new services in Sydney where they actually have, um, it's it's like they'll rent. You can just rent cubes almost, and you can you you know you obviously you, you need to do a reasonable amount, and they'll come and take them away, and then they'll actually bring your cubes back to you. Um, you can call them and say, mm. you know, they're all barcoded and all that sort of thing. So mm. similar but different. There's a number of those kind of things on Manhattan. Right. And it tends to be if you have a small amount of storage. Yeah. And whereas if you have a large amount of storage, it's much cheaper to, for them yeah. to put them in these... For, in the big crates. In the big crates yeah. that they then yeah, forklift into a warehouse. Yeah. Sort of it's about an hour that way in yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that was one of the things that we did learn that, uh, uh, it's, if you, you know, you're likely to, if you downsize, you're likely to have storage and it's really, really important to to find someone that you can deal with. Yeah, and, and I guess the other thing there is that not everybody that's downsizing needs to get rid of all of their stuff. I think I think people sort of struggle with that idea of that they think they may actually just have to get rid of everything because they're not really willing to pay um, what it's going to cost to store stuff. And obviously well, one, one it's of the not problems worth... that we found, particularly with, with your mother, when we, she had a whole, she had a lot of furniture, quite nice furniture. Um, we didn't want to store it all because we knew that we just had way too much. So we tried selling it, and the problem, the realistic, the, the, you know, the, the, real, the fact is that you can't, you just about can't give it away. I know. IKEA has really changed the furniture market, and people no longer want nice antiques. Yeah. Well, that's right. That That's a trend. I mean, I think that may change again at some point, but yeah, when that's to happen. So do you guys have a theory or a, a, have you thought about at what point you're going to decide that furniture is going to go somewhere? Because obviously you're really kind of keeping it, you're not keeping it with a view to you guys getting a home that's going to use it, I gather. You're really keeping it so that your children, are you, you're not sure. We're not sure. Okay. So we reevaluate every six months. Uh-huh. The possibility of having a weekend home is sort of would be realistic if it were a place that the kids would also use. So we have twins who live in New York, each of whom is one's engaged, one's married, but basically are a couple. Mm -hmm. And our son is graduating from university and wants to live in New York. So we would have three of our five children, and then we have a daughter who lives in Vermont, which is about a five-hour drive from here. Okay. And so if we had a weekend house that the children would utilize, that's possibly a plan. But we, we're not ready for that yet. We haven't. And do you think that if you were going to do that, the, the furniture that you have in storage is the furniture that you would choose? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. you yes. would definitely. Yeah. I mean, okay. the furniture we have is, is 
is very it's, nice it, stuff. It's you. Well, if it's, it's nicer it's, or not, we love it. Yeah, it's you. It's, it's, it's stuff yeah, we love. No, no, that, that, because that's really important because I think sometimes what happens is people keep stuff just because they've paid for it. And then, you know, you, you might end up in a different place, but then the furniture just doesn't work. But if it's that kind of thing where you absolutely love it, then it's, it's who you are and you make your home around yeah. it. I think so. ultimately, if you did the math, probably selling it, selling it like a year ago and buying new stuff would, would be cheaper, but yeah. I think we would rather have our own stuff. Well, that's right, and, and it's great to do that exercise because, you know, if it is, that's why I was asking the question, because, yeah, I mean, sometimes people are just doing the delaying thing. They can't come to terms with parting with it because it's a monetary investment and it feels like a waste, and all that time you're paying for the rental, and then it comes to the time where the kids go and they go, like, well, we don't want it, and, yeah, you kind of look at it and then we would have been better giving the kids the money, really. But, yeah, when it's actually sentimental, and when you have, you know, a large family to... For that, you know, to be received, you know, into. Good We've time. had a number of conversations with the children. Yeah. When, in particular, when we were emptying my mother's house. Yeah. And we specifically asked them, you know, are you going to want this furniture? Otherwise, we'll sell it. Good. And they've all expressed an interest in having it when, you know, they had a larger place and liking antiques and you know wanting the sort of things that yeah. that yeah that um, we have. Very good. Yeah. A lot of it depends on if you have something that is in style or you get something that was you know, 60s and it just looks terrible, maybe the 60s will come around again. Yeah, that's pretty much right here now. But sometimes, you know, for instance, those chairs over there are uh, several hundred years old and, you know, they're all, always going to be in style. Yeah, yeah. But you, you never know. I mean... Well, the thing is, is, is I mean, if, if you love it, you love it. That's the great thing. How did you find that? How did you find you settled into your two-bedroom home after your, was it five-bedroom home? Well, we came back from, from Vienna. Mm -hmm. And Marianne wanted to um, take up, restart her career because she'd been out of practice for, for a couple of years. So Marianne's a brilliant doctor. So, I'm not sure about brilliant, but... And uh, it turns out that she needed to spend spend some, some time at Boston City. Or Boston, Boston Medical Center. Boston Medical Center. So we looked for somewhere within range of that, and we found this place in Quincy, which was very unusual. It's actually a really nice place. Yeah. And some it's, it's almost what you would call a hidden gem in Boston, I think mm -hmm. it anybody knows Boston, they probably would would not know that this place exists. Some people do, but but it's it's got a, a view across the harbour to the city skyline, um, out your out your your uh, living room window, mm -hmm. and you can walk to the beach, and, and it's relatively inexpensive with good transportation. Public transportation. With public transportation. So we were looking for somewhere to rent. Because at this point, you come back, you're not sure what you're going to do. The last thing you want to do is saddle yourself with a house because with the five-bedroom house, we were caught during that real estate bust. You remember yeah. in, in Which um, one? 2008? Yeah. The, the, the bottom fell out yeah. of everything, yeah. especially the housing market. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, where we were was a fairly desirable relation, uh, uh, location. Mm -hmm. And the bottom didn't fall out quite as far as it did in, in many places. Mm -hmm. 
So we were trying to sell it for some time before we finally managed to sell it. But we didn't want to get back in that cycle because looking at the mathematics of owning a house now versus renting, it really has shifted towards renting. Yes, rent as and well. Unless you're looking for long, long term and security. But rent, renting is actually the better way to go right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just looked at a place to rent and it was, um, you know, it was love at first sight, I think, wouldn't you say, Quincy? Yeah. What were you looking for? What were you looking for in your, you know, two-bedroom apartment? Walking well, distance to public transportation, which it had. And this was, it was more than what we were looking for. This was on the ocean. I mean, as David says, it was 10 well, yards to walk to the beach. It was, um, oh, what we were specifically looking for was a place where we would have to do no snow shoveling, no gardening, no, you know, where all the upkeep was taken care of. No maintenance. No maintenance. Mm-hmm. So these, these, these essentially townhouse condominiums had all, everything outside the house taken care of. Yes. And in Massachusetts, with all of the, the snow and ice you get, that is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having done it for 30 years, I can tell you it gets old. Yeah, and I think that was really uh, a very, I think, a very good decision in retrospect. I'm not sure we really thought it through quite that, quite as articulately as Marianne just put it. But um, in retrospect, it was it was a brilliant decision. Yeah, I guess we were lucky <laughs> again. Talk about feeling lucky. <laughs> so we, um, but but the space we, we sort of found the space that we wanted. Yeah, we wanted open plan. Okay. And that was important. And we wanted, obviously, we needed storage. Yep. Um, and we wanted uh, at least two bedrooms. I think to answer your question about how the space felt, this feels too small. The big house felt too big. That felt, you know, okay, just right. It was about 1,500 square feet, which would be about 150 square meters. Okay. So really, having that second bedroom, was it two bathrooms? Or? It had a second bedroom and it had a study. Right. So the study was a TV room in David's office. And, um, it, and if we turned it into a bedroom then, when we had... Yeah, that, that's a sleeper patch, which is very comfortable. Yeah. I, I don't know, it just, it had enough storage that you could, that the closets weren't so tightly packed that in order to get to something you had to move you know, three different things out and, and pack them back like a jigsaw puzzle. And to put this into context, I'm not sure if you guys are the same here as you are in Australia, but for the audience, I would say that Marianne and David, they don't have a lot of stuff. You, you're really, in Australia, you don't have a lot of clothes. You, you really are pretty minimalist. In fact, very minimalist. I'd say in, in the States, you need more things because winter clothes take up so much more room. Yes. And because you walk everywhere, you're, you Need know, at the, the range mo- of clothes to for, for rain, for wind, for for snow, for yeah, Hats, gloves, boots that you don't need in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and that that stuff just, I mean, you know, takes up a lot. Boots of take a lot of room. There's not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So you just said that um, you know that place in Quincy seemed the right size, where you are now in Manhattan, which is this apartment is a similar size to the one in Sydney. You find that, you think that that's too small? This one is, yes. I think we both feel it's too small. I would say another bedroom uh, would make it 
about right. Okay, so what do you find the frustrations of this, this apartment? So this apartment is how many square feet did you say, David? Uh, I think it's about uh, 700. And it's it's basically, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very small kitchen with a dining room, living room, one bedroom, and then a bathroom. That's basically bathroom, yeah. it, yeah. Um, so what do you find then to be the frustrations of um, a, a, an apartment of this size? So you've got two, obviously both of you live here. Well, when we're both living here, it's not too bad. Marianne happens to be a very tidy, organized person. Yes. Which makes it a lot easier. Gold star for Marianne. Actually, Marianne had a comment about this earlier, so maybe now's the time you can make your comment. Would be a good time well, to make your comment. I think this actually occurs, it, it frustrates both of us. When David does most of the cooking and is an amazing cook, if you want to look for a pan, the pan is under another pan and there's another pan in it. You can't yeah. just reach for a pan. Everything is put away and takes it's twice as long, three times as long to take out mm -hmm. as it would if you had more room. Yeah. And I think this... So there's no flow in that this way. Is source, this is certainly a source of frustration to you when you're, when you're cooking and there's like yeah. only one place where you can squeeze things in and... Yeah. Well, the kitchen in Sydney do doesn't have that so much, but it's just better designed. Yeah, that's kitchen. interesting. Because, well, one of the things that I find... And, and May I offer you a tiny no, bit of tea? No, thank you. Uh, is the drawers. What was and that, so, sorry? Rather than cupboards, yes. the drawers, the pull-out drawers, yes. makes a huge difference. It does. And I was it thinking means the other day that we should put drawers in there rather than cupboards, and I think that would make it just so much easier to get at things. It definitely is, and it also is easier as you get older. Oh, you know what? I forgot the two-stringer. Oh. Um, as you, you know, I mean, the benefit of the drawers at the cupboards is you don't actually have to get down on your hands and knees to no. get to the things on the low shelf down yeah. the bottom. And you can get things at the back. Because... Well, that's right. That's right. So you can use the full depth. Yeah. Um, no, they're absolutely... I, I think that, I, I think, to be honest, I don't think any kitchens are being designed anymore with cupboards underneath. No. Um, I mean, if they are, it's because it's a, it's a desperate cost-saving exercise. Yeah. Um, the bet that you know there's benefits of way in it um, in way of drawers. But I think ultimately, if someone is visiting, if someone wants to stay overnight, that's where they sleep. Yeah. In the living room. So yeah. That's always a bit frustrating that you can't give someone their own private space. And I guess the other problem about that is that then you don't have anywhere to sit and talk to them. You know, like if you happen, or if if if, if you had two people here, obviously one wants to go to bed. Everybody has to kind of go to bed, don't they? Um, so, yeah. Well, actually, to put a, not purposefully a plug, but a plug-in for sort of what we have in Sydney is that when you have a modern apartment where the closets have been specifically designed, like you designed our closet, <laughs> and the way we designed our kitchen in, in Sydney, it's much more convenient than when you have an apartment, I don't know how old this building is, but... 40, 50 years old? Yeah, yeah. Where, so, so. where, you know, the closets are of a much older design yeah. and are not designed for things like golf clubs and skis and... Yeah, yeah all those compartments. Well, that's good. I'm really glad that that, that did help. And um, Well, no, I mean, it, 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 it's much more suited to what we have. Yeah, yeah. And... Well, that's right. I mean, in the days that they did these apartments, I mean, the way I look at it when I go into people's homes... Um, 
you know, you, you always give credit to the level that it's at. And you can't, I'll go in and it'll be an old wardrobe. And I think, oh, the person that built this, they thought they were doing really well because back then nobody even had built-in wardrobes. And so some builder has come along and said, I'll do them a favour and I'll put this in and I'll have a shelf. And that was fantastic in those days. But, yeah, um, we have so much more stuff now. Um, so, yeah, and we've come a long way and we can, and we can do a lot more. Um, so... You know, there are so many ways to, to max out the space in a tiny little space if you really, really need it. Um, so, yeah, I think the point that you made about the drawers in the kitchen is really important as well for downsizing because, as you said, I mean, you know, not everybody that's downsizing is downsizing because they're you know, older and their kids aren't at home. Some people are just downsizing because they need to anyway. But it's so much more convenient and you can get so much more, you know, you can get... And because you can actually see everything in there, you actually get rid of stuff. You don't harbour stuff that you actually are not using anymore. Often what happens is at the bottom of those cupboards, there's stuff that you've not used in ages. It's interesting, you know, speaking of Manhattan and, and the kitchen storage, the apartment that I'm staying in at the moment, as you know, is really large. Um, and I, I just want to ask them how or why they designed the kitchen they designed. I've taken photos of it, but they've... They've just got no storage at all. You know, they've got all these benches. Do they not cook? Do they eat out That's mostly? exactly what I'm thinking. I think they don't cook. They don't have to. Even the bench space is corrugated, so you couldn't sort of chop something up there. And that's what I thought this lifestyle is. You don't cook. And I thought this, yeah. is, this kitchen would be a large kitchen by Sydney standards. And there is no storage. They've just got boxes like plastic. It's a luxury. You know, I mean, it's not like they don't have the money. It's just this towering crates um, of plastic stuff for them to put their things in and underneath the cooktop there is nothing it's just like a, um, a trolley. Are you sure it's not a rent controlled space? What's rent controlled? Well they have rent control in, in New York, mm -hmm. in Manhattan, I, I don't know about the rest of New York but um, we have a, well Moran has a cousin who has this enormous apartment, truly enormous apartment that he pays about a third of what it's worth. Um, because there is rent control. In other words, rents can't go above a certain point. And if these guys, you might find out, just for your own interest, if they are renting or they own it, and if they're renting it, it may be that the owner, because he's getting such little return from his property, is not going to invest anything until he gets them out of it. I really... Then he'll... Then he'll then he might renovate. It's just a theory. I don't yeah, know. I doubt it because it's pretty. They've got everything else fitted out really beautifully. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's actually theirs. Anyway, it's not. I guess you know, it, it's um, it's just interesting. I think it's more the lifestyle if they don't cook. Oh, I mean, yeah. the Every, reason we have such a big round dining room table yeah. is because one of the things we like to do most is have our kids come and come to dinner, and we purposefully chose a table. It takes up lots of room. We wanted a round one so that we can all sit together. And it's a large yeah. part of, you know, what we enjoy. Yeah, that's that a really actually, good point, actually. That's actually a really good, that was actually, and again, we did this one by default, but it turns out to be a brilliant decision. <laughs> it's actually a really, really good point because, you know, again, people that are thinking about downsizing, I think they would often sacrifice the dining table. No, no, this, this is great. But I, but, table. I, but I think that they would because... Yes, a lot of people... I agree. I agree. And for people that are downsizing, you know, th there's always this thing, what do we do about when the kids come to visit? I mean, you, you obviously want to maintain that connection. And I do think that a lot of people will go for a smaller dining table because they think, well, it doesn't really get used that much. 
But when I look at it in the context of what you just said, when, you know, you've got a nice comfortable seating area here for the two of you when you're here. Um, but yes, your family can come and sit around that table and the round table gives you the greatest surface area for the you know, number of people. And of course, when you've got a group, they can all sit there very, very comfortably. And that was very important to us because it's, you know, one of the things we really enjoy. And um, our children actually really like to eat and find food and drink good wine. And they like coming to, to our home. Or they, they actually also enjoy entertaining in their homes, but we like doing home dinners. Well, that's it. If you, you know, David's such a wonderful cook and you love doing the home dinners, it's the same. You know, my place, food's a big thing in, in right. my family. And um, it's actually a really interesting point because I think that that's something that is great for people to think about, actually, because it's a sad part to lose is that contact of the family that's meal. That's the, the heart of how our family gets together yeah. is, is over meals. Yeah. That's um, really good. And then it makes a lovely centerpiece anyway. I mean, you can, you know, it, it's a nice focal point and you can put decorative things on it and you can use it as a work area. So that's a good point. So, okay. So, um, all right. So, um, you were saying, actually, David, I have to ask you to, you, you made a little quote yesterday. I don't know if you remember it, about in Manhattan, if your apartment, do you oh, remember what you said? Do you want to quote right. that? Because that was very good. Yeah. Well, uh, in Manhattan, if you have enough space, you're either very small or very rich. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just great. He didn't make it up on Oh, no, no, I know. I know. I, it was his quote. I thought he would say it far better than I would. But yes, it's a, it's a good quote. Okay, so... What sort of, com I mean, I, if there's anything else you want to talk about about that, that's great. Also, I'm interested in what you think the difference is, if there is any, about, say, either apartment-style living in Manhattan compared to your Sydney um, apartment, or, you know, um, you know, whether you would see any differences in downsizing the process, um, Sydney to Manhattan variation. Well, we started from different places, really. Uh, in Sydney... It was, we purchased it there, and my mother gave me the money to buy it. Mm -hmm. So I started off with the money and nothing else. And you did tell me today that um, you, you had the, the situation of people saying, this is going to take you, because it was very bare bones apartment that you bought. And you can tell us about the apartment. Oh, it wasn't bare bones. It had all sorts of rooms in it. Yeah. And then we had to knock down all these walls. Well, yes, so when I saw it, it was bare bones. So yeah, actually, do you want to talk them. about the process that you went through and, and what you did there in that apartment? Well, um, the apartment was in a horrible condition when, when I got it. I'd been looking for over six months. I will say that it's, a, it's one of the most magnificent views you can get in Sydney. Do you want to describe the view that you have there? Well, the view is, is, large, is an iconic view across uh, to the bridge and the opera house. Uh, across Lavender Bay and looking towards the city skyline and the view goes round you can actually see the Anzac Bridge, Darling Harbour you can see the bridge, Luna Park and North Sydney yeah. from your, from your uh, balcony it's, it's absolutely spectacular and it's, it's an iconic view it's a, probably one of the best places to see the fireworks in Sydney yeah. um, Sydney is about the outdoors and, and what we wanted to do with that apartment was to focus on outdoors. Yeah. And because the weather is, is so nice, we, you wanted to have light, and it was a matter of making the place really open, minimal, so that you got the feeling of space yep. in a small apartment. When here, 
Manhattan is about really the excitement of the city. And it's about eating out, it's about restaurants, it's about going to shows, it's going to events, it's, it's about the, the, the... Manhattan is, you know, one of the most exciting cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Sydney isn't, mm-hmm. but in a different way. No, it's, it's almost like being in a big resort. It's like everything's here. Yeah. Um, and the apartments tend to be a little bit different. Uh, these apartments tend to not have much in the way of amenities. The apartment in Sydney had two swimming pools down on the waterfront, so you could just go down from the apartment and sit on the waterfront or go to, and swim in the pool. Yeah. And you're still in your own space. And so it was very much oriented to, towards the outdoors. So, but here, we wanted something that was focused indoors. Mm-hmm. We don't have that much of a view. Uh, we have our family here. More, there's more, I have more family here than I have in Sydney. And we wanted somewhere the family would come and we could entertain. And so we wanted to make as much out of the inside living because the weather here is not no. year-round outdoor weather. It's, you know, you have a, as you can gather from the, the weather that we've had today, it's, it's not always weather that you want to be outside in. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, the orientation is different. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's the big difference between the two. We're orienting it towards indoor and real city living, and Sydney it's orienting towards outdoors and doing outdoorsy things. And um, so, what have you learned from um, the process? I think uh, Marianne's got some photos here for me to show me. I, I've seen the apartment when I arrived in the apartment. It was sort of um, in a, a degree of being um, well knocked down basically demolished ah, I think right. um, and then I did come back and see it when the wardrobe was installed but it was all covered in plastic at that time so um, but what have you learnt from the process that you've been through with that renovation of, of that apartment in Sydney? Again I think it's the lucky thing we have the nicest builder in the world. He is very good yes he and is, that is a very key point. He is the nicest builder he we went out to dinner with him and his wife I mean, we were looking for David's suit for the wedding. He looked for it. He can't find the trousers because, and then he joked with us that he even looked in the freezer because we said that David was forgetful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's adorable. Went, we even went and watched the Super Bowl with him. Uh, his wife is from New Jersey, actually, fairly close to here. Uh-huh. And, of course, they absolutely uh, have a, a, a vehement dislike for the New England team because we've we're largely from Boston, so mm-hmm. we the t- team that won the Super Bowl was New England Patriots, and New, the the team that New Yorkers follow are the Jets and the Giants, and they've had particularly the Giants and the Patriots have had some uh, some some interesting confrontations, and New York and Boston always did. So we got Shannon to be a New England Patriots fan, <laughs> and. Uh, so I'm going to take him a, a Patriots cap back when I get so he can take it when he goes and sees his wife's family next time so he can wear a Patriots hat. So it was that sort of relationship that we had with him. And, yeah, we had some problems along the way, like the windows didn't come in at time and we had all sorts of trouble with the strata. And, you know, it, it, yeah, I can go on and on and on about the problems we had. But this guy, nothing bothered him too much. He was I'd fine. say we'd he still rate there. the experience as really positive. We, we really enjoyed working with him, and I think that was the key 
<laughs> it's I, about the relationship. It's the same thing as the moving company. Yeah, You're yeah. going to be in a space with this person and his team. You know, he would show up at 7 and often be there till 7 p.m., so 12 hours a day. You're in the same space as somebody. And it was lovely. It was just such a positive the, the cheapest, experience. The cheapest person may not be the best person. That's right. And I, look, I think for anybody listening, that is about the best advice I can give. Having been in the industry for as long as I've been in and out of it, I'm the same when I deal with tradesmen at my place. You, If you can have, like, A, find someone who's recommended to begin with, you know, I mean, and, and as you said, you can guarantee the best is not going to be the cheapest. Why would they be? The people that are the cheapest are in there because they might be very good if they're starting out. They may well be. We've all been good when we've started, but you're not proven. And so to find somebody by some method of recommendation and knowing that you're going to pay to get that quality, but then having the mindset that you've, you've employed this person, you trust that they know what they're doing, and don't get in their way and and try and be understanding that building is one of those things that it is it's unfathomable at times you you really don't always know like builders don't always know what's going to happen as i said with another client it can be that they have to replace the windows and there's concrete cancer and you know it also happens it's the same thing happens with us in our in, in what we do with the cabinet making in that we can have everything running perfectly to schedule but then a job before, like your, I can't even remember with yours, it might be that something happens on your site and we're ready to go, but you're not ready to go. And so we're then, we've then got stuff that's filling up our space and it, and it affects everything. It has this sort of domino effect. And if you just have to trust that if you've got good people, they are doing the best they can. And stepping on their toes and getting aggressive and intolerant and thinking that they're being unreliable, it gets everybody uptight. And I'm sure that the reason you've had as good a um, experience as you have is a reflection of the fact that you've had that attitude. Because then everyone's relaxed, nobody feels they need to lie. You know, people can say, you know, I know with, with us, because you've been away and, you know, all sorts of things, the communication hasn't been brilliant. But you guys don't get stressed about that. You know, you know it's that sort of thing of understanding everyone's doing what they need to at their end. And you always get better work that way. Um, because when you had a great time, we've yeah. enjoyed the process. The yeah. process has been, um, you know, I, we probably met Shannon in May or June of 2014. Yeah, I'd say May of 2014. So we've been yeah. dealing with him um, quite a lot. I, I would say that when we were there in February mm -hmm. for three weeks, yeah. um, I mean, we spent all day with him and yeah. his team. And so you, again, and it's been just mutually enjoyable. He's very good. He's very professional. He takes pride in his work. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think both of us here, I can, so so that's the kitchen when it's still in the process of being, yeah, being done. Yeah, really opened up. So originally this saw it when it was like that yet. No. So then the kitchen, see, from there to there, you now go to the kitchen's really quite finished. That's the island, which you might not have seen. Yeah. Oh, it looks great. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to... There oh, the there's cabinets. the wardrobe See the wardrobe? Look how nice it, it looks. The it wardrobe does. looks really Actually, fabulous. Thank this, you. This is a, a compliment to your wardrobe. Oh. Um, someone... Our, our um, the apartment we've been renovating has become quite a focal point for the building. Everyone, a lot oh, of really? people have been walking in to look at it. And one of the ladies who lives a couple of floors down 
has an apartment in Darlinghurst and wants it done from Shannon to do it just like ours. Oh, really? Fantastic. Yeah. So here's it's kind of a but It does bit, look so much better. I'm just going to describe really describe for people um, what's happened. And I mean, and then uh, that's the one with the wardrobe. And it just looks fabulous. I mean, the whole thing looks really, really great. It's a massive improvement because it was a 1970s. There There's go. the wardrobe. It looks There's fantastic. Wardrobe. So, and see how beautiful it is with the view? It see is. How, and look, you can see the opera house in the wardrobe, which it is exactly what we were looking for. Fantastic. It was a little bit of a challenge, this place, because it's got angles. The wall, there were originally, um, what you pulled down was a dividing wall between the kitchen and the living room, which, you know, was a really good move to make because it made the space feel very tiny. Um, and, yeah, so basically what Marianne and David asked me to do was, that you know, obviously they needed to maximise their space. Um, it's a pretty small space, so we then did... Um, hinged mirrored doors on the front of the wardrobe so that, um, you know, it, it just gave the room more dimension again and um, reflects the very beautiful view. Um, and there's just one other element to it where um, it's slightly angled. So just kind of keeping those angles nice um, and subtle um, to keep the lines clean and not make the um, space look kind of confusing and cluttered. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks fantastic. Yeah. And then we're in the process of uh, building... Marianne and David a bed so that it's it's a custom built bed mainly because you guys want to be able to lay in bed and see over the top of the windowsill and a, a traditional bed wouldn't be high enough oh wow the view looks great um, and then the storage and then we're maxing out the storage underneath that so there's a lot of in fact that I think when we go back on that in a small apartment one of the places that you put a lot of storage is under the bed. Absolutely. I think I think that anybody that's going into a, a, a modern apartment and downsizing would be crazy not to use that space under the bed. Um, it's really dead space otherwise. Yeah. What, and this what is a contraption that they built in order to be able to change the windows. They had to sort of, Shannon built this for them so that they wouldn't damage the kitchen when they changed out the kitchen window. Great, yes, yes. So. It's fantastic. I built that. That and that's does the kitchen window now gone. That and you know, obviously, had we known that this could be changed by, had it happened sooner, it would have obviously made it easier to do this way earlier in the project. Yeah. But you know, we worked around it. Yeah. Again, the great benefit of um, I can honestly tell you that I, I know when you're comfortable with your builder and when you're decent with your builder, they are also more willing to do things because if you're a difficult customer, I mean, I'm the same. If, if, if a customer is, is, you know they're going to be really, really pernickety, you kind of, you get very cautious about what you'll do because you you just know that it's going to be trouble if, it, if it's not, you know, exactly as they expect, even if their expectations are unrealistic. So that's very good. What I might do is if it's possible, um, get some of those photos from oh, you sure. and when we post this up on the website we can we can show some people some photos okay. of the project that you've done because that's a that's a really big improvement in that apartment um you know just from the photos that i can see there from when i went in originally because originally there was that wall going mm -hmm. through exactly. like it. it looks it really is a nice space now yeah it's fantastic great. and that must be lovely for you if people come down and say they want the renovation done exactly the way you've done it and it's great for shannon because he collected two or three customers that who are, he's lining up to do projects for. Well, that's fantastic. Hopefully we'll get ours as well. <laughs> yeah, so what the, the thing that I was going to say that, about that closet is that a, a couple of people came in 
and looked at it and liked the apartment the way it was. And then I had I pointed out to them where the closet was, and they said, "Oh, they didn't realize there was a closet there." Well, that's fantastic. I guess which, I should which, explain which a little. A, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing because it's, it's right in the middle of the living room. It is definitely, and I guess we probably should talk about it because it is a feature of that that room. And um, when David and Marianne asked me to come in and do this closet, it is actually in the living room. Um, and you know, at first you think, "Wow, we really need to be careful here because this is a very beautiful apartment." Um, and if we put something in here that, you know, stands out, it's just going to clutter the room. So um, anyway, so we did we did this um, mirror facade, and it actually is it's very seamless um, and modern and clean. And then of course we've designed it internally specifically for what you guys wanted, and it's a while now since we did it. But I know we did space for golf clubs, mm -hmm. and we had drawers. You were you had electrical equipment, and we did special mm -hmm. drawers for those, and then we. Fitted in, of course, they measured what you needed um, clothing-wise, which, as I said, was fairly minimalist, so you were, you know, kind of good on that one. Um, and then we did, at the end, a utility cupboard as well for your mops and brooms and all that sort of thing in that little angled space. And then we even also, I just sort of decided we could put that little bench at the end so it gave you a little space to put your phone. Mm -hmm. And all those sort of things are really handy, aren't they? Because you have to have yeah. those things stored and you want them somewhere yeah, that you can get to them. We did realise one thing we hadn't thought of and that is that we would like to rent the flat. Uh -huh. And we didn't think that you need to lock the closets. So I don't know if there's a way to retrofit them in such a way that they would lock. I mean, the easy way would be to put, you know, those bicycle locks on the two handles. That yeah. just doesn't look very good. No, nice. it doesn't look very good. I'll have um, to think about that and I'll talk to Scott. Because um, that is something that we did think of for the bed storage because we realized it up. If no. we're going to rent this, we're going to, you know, close you off four of the probably, obviously, the broom closet and that one open for people to access the vacuum and the stuff they need when they rent it. Yeah. And then leave one closet for people to hang their clothes. But then the rest, we want to be able to leave stuff that we want to store there and have it locked off. And that's something that we didn't yeah. think of. Yeah. Think of at in the advance time. at the time, which was all right. We'll leave that with me. I'm not uh, confident that there's going to be a way to do that because it's going all the way to the ceiling. If it wasn't going all the way to the ceiling, there would have been a way to mount some sort of lock from the top. Um, but anyway, there may be something because it's got a kickboard on it, hasn't it? Yeah. It yeah. has a kickboard top and bottom. Yeah. Maybe that we can. I'll I'll talk to Scott and see what we can do. That's why we wanted the locks on the bed. On the bed. Because yeah. Because that that we can put it. I mean, we can pretty easily put everything that uh, a tenant wouldn't, yeah, a vast stuff that we wouldn't have for the tenant under the bed because just looking at it, there's going to be an enormous amount of storage in the bed. Very the bed. valuable. Very, very good. Okay. Well, is there anything else, any other tips that you have that you can think of that you've, you know, think would be really handy either another time you downsize or you won't be downsizing again from this? Well, I guess you could downsize from all of your apartments into one. Um, yeah. I guess that might happen sometime. I don't know, um, but anyway, any tips? Well, I, I think um, you know you clearly have to go for open plan. There's no way you can do. Why do you think you have to go for open plan? Well, because you you feel so crowded if you've got if this was to be broken up into two or three more. Oh yes, yes. Small apartment you need to. Have. The modern living happens with a kitchen, dining room, living room, open area. Yes. 
But you're not suggesting a studio-style apartment? No, no, not the bedroom, but everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Marianne, you did have a a tip earlier which was about being tidy. Well, I I think that it's just one of the realities of living in a smaller place and not a big house where you have lots of closets and things that in a small apartment you're, you're forced to be tidy whether you want to or not. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. Look, I think that's a personal thing. I think it feels a lot better if you are tidy, and I guess, yes, it does mean you can find things. Um, well, if you've got stuff all over the floor, you're going to trip over it and, and yeah. do, you know, just practical. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I guess you have less stuff to tidy, which is a good thing. Okay, well, I think that that's probably about all we really need to talk about on this recording, unless anybody has anything else they need to say. No, we've covered a lot of ground, I think. Yeah, we have. Thank you very much, both of you, and the You're team welcome. is just gorgeous. Thank you, Sally, for this fantastic interview and um, your efforts to record it while away. Um, I um, hope you enjoyed it and um, this brings us to the end of our podcast today. Please visit the Downsize with Style website um, at www.downsizewithstyle.com to learn how I could help you get started with your downsizing journey and help you make your journey as hassle-free as possible. I hope you tune in again next week and I wish you a great time in the meantime. Bye.